rxmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mode enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques, where we strive to bring God to atheists, agnostics, and aliens. Yes, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this show obviously touches upon some esoteric concepts, many of which people might want to use the word G-O-D. Now, of course, we don't really want to use it here because this show is not about that per se, and yet these concepts do bridge those gaps. Um, You know, it's kind of funny, speaking of aliens, Bill Maher is somebody who is a devout atheist, and what he ends up doing most of the time is alienating people. And I think, in a sense, a show should be maybe bringing people together and realizing the commonalities versus splitting us off into more and more tribalistic perspectives. So with that said, it's pretty amazing just uh, the concepts about uh, how infinite, uh, you know, I guess this cosmic intelligence is or this field of consciousness is. I was just talking to some of my friends about how um, after I think Rome collapsed, it was 1400 years before the toilet bowl was invented, before plumbing came back into human society. It was 1400 years and it's just kind of remarkable how these cycles of, you know, gathering of knowledge and information come and go, these ebbs, these cycles, basically. And, you know, I trade stocks and commodities. And one of the things we use, of course, there is understanding the cyclical nature of, of life, right? You could say that not only are the markets that way, but our lives are that way. Society, even civilizations are that way. The rise and fall of Rome, the rise and fall of the British Empire. And of course, as we are watching, uh, you know, Pax Americana crumble at our feet, the rise and fall of the American Empire. But it goes beyond even that, of course. You have the rise and fall of different epochs, right? You have the Jurassic period, um, Paleolithic, uh, Mesozoic or whatever. And you, even beyond that, you get to these geological time periods before even life existed. And of course, Life on this planet alone has come and gone, from what I understand, but at least four to five times. There actually is even probably possibly mass extinctions where life itself was wiped out and came back. So as far as these cycles of life and, and what they show us, there could even be cycles, of course, with you know species. Of course, we know 99.9% of all the species that ever existed are extinct. And even with that, 99 percent of all bloodlines people out there having kids thinking that they're going to somehow pass on their genes or well you're not because the science shows that most bloodlines end up as you guessed it just like species evolutionary dead ends so it's pretty amazing actually and then of course you want to get into the larger context of all these things uh how you know Maybe this is the rise and fall of dinosaurs and this is the rise and fall of, of you know, large-brained hominids and maybe after that there'll be the rise and fall of some type of sophisticated insects even. It's pretty amazing. And then, of course, you have the multi-universe theory where at every juncture in your life, the universe is actually bifurcating into two of the universes. So on one universe, you tuned into this show. The other one, you tuned into Jersey Shore. And each of those universes is splitting off into further more and more universes times 7 billion people, each one splitting off into a, 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 a frenzied cacophony of universes. I mean, the word infinite, we hear the word, we can't even quite conceive of what that means. And so it's pretty amazing. And that's what this show tries to bring us. As our listener uh, said last week, this is crack for your mind. <laughs> you know, I want to cover a couple of issues quickly on last week before we go to our, our guest. Uh, the show was on love, of course. 
And Michio Kaku, who's a favorite of Jeff and I, we're going to get him on the show. He's a famed scientist, professor of theoretical physics at, uh, I think, NYU in New York City, has a really apropos, uh, appropriate definition on what love is. He says, the word like, in a sense, again, now this is how science looks at building robots, biological robots, right? You go from a single-celled organism to a multi-celled organism to a more sophisticated organism with different tissues that can become as complex as, yes, a dolphin or a human being. So the word like, in essence, is a focuser. It helps a biological robot or an organism to focus on something. I like water. Why? Because it gives me survival. I like food, as an example, because it feeds my stomach. The word love, of course, is just a more intense way of describing liking something. So I love my parents because they are implicit upon my survival. I love the sun, because I'm intelligent enough now to realize that, wow, the sun grows the crops that feeds the deer. And so this beautiful deer on my plate here is because of the sun. So the word love in a scientific term is really an intense focuser. That was a pretty good definition. Also, I'm going to make sure people realize I am by no means down on the notion of romantic love. And just because, as that author of uh, the bestseller Stumbling on Happiness shows that, you know, when they study parents... And they realize that, you know, for the most part of their day, parenting is an unhappy task. People are not really happy being parents. They tend to just remember one slice of the day where they had something joyful happen. And then the brain tricks them into remembering that and making that their entire day. It's really no better or no worse than people who are single. And, you know, in other words, we live in a society full of unhappy people, medication nations. So, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with romantic love. I think it's great. It's great that we need to be programmed by our biology, by our DNA to experience, to start evolving in the direction of, you know, that bigger sense of love, the, the love that transcends all. So there's nothing wrong with uh, biological or romantic love. And I want to make sure people realize that I'm not down on that, actually. I was on a show, radio show this past weekend, um, David Iso Live on satellite radio. I think if you go to talkdavid.com, you can hear the interview. It's pretty interesting talking about uh, no pain, no gain. And of course, that's something very dear to athletes and bodybuilders because of course you have to go through pain in order to experience results. The problem is, of course, is that the emotional attachment, right? Pain is just pain, but suffering is the emotional response to pain. That's what really does us in. And, you know, it's unfortunate that most of us, when we realize we have to suffer to, to lose weight or to get, you know, get better results in the gym, or we have to work hard hours to get promoted, these types of suffering or types of pain often leave behind a very heavy cost on our emotional bodies or, or our, in, a, in a scientific sense, our neurological, our neuroendocrine cycle. Because what happens is that our neuroendocrine system experiences this subtle but chronic state of elevated stress because we're not really cool with the whole situation. We don't really want to have to work long hours. We don't really want to have to do all these things. And because we're not able to, to detach from that, we are attached. And attachment is a negative form of, of resisting something, actually, which, of course, leads to elevated cortisol, elevated, elevated adrenal glands, uh, adrenal, adrenal hormones, basically. And that's what makes us, of course, have all these different problems like, you know, Negative coping mechanisms, drugs, shopping, working, eating, uh, drinking too much, you name it. So again, it all comes back to that holy grail, which is really how do you feel? Get in touch with how you feel. And the only way out of your problems is to go inside yourself to tune into how you feel because oftentimes you feel stressed and unhappy or anxious in some negative way. And of course, 
by all means, I'm more than willing to give everybody a free sample of my stress and anxiety reliever Gabitrol. You can go to uh, rxstress.com and get a sample. But more than that, again, the one thing you've got to start doing is practicing presence, practicing being aware of what's going on. Because again, if you're willing to make those you know, sacrifices, as long as you can do it without the negative consequence of elevated stress, you're going to get there in a far happier state and you're going to accomplish everything with greater ease. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with our guest, Bear Walker. Stay tuned. This is Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that matches maximizes whole body protein economy, your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com, the newest and hottest supplement super site. We carry all the major brands, including Species, MHP, BPI, BSN, Optimal Nutrition, Gaspari, and many more. Low on cash? No problem. ExtremeFitNutrition.com offers competitive prices that our competitors can't beat. Now you can supplement your diet without having to supplement your bank account. Here's some of our specials. Buy $100 worth of Species products or metabolic nutrition and get a free t-shirt and bag. Buy two. $200 worth of BSN products and receive a BSN t-shirt and shaker bottle. Remember, there's only one extreme. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com now. Out on the edge of fitness and endurance, there's a line. It's where winners and losers are defined. That's the narrow place where Gamma O gives the serious competitor the extra step. That extra kick nobody knew was there. Gamma O raises your testosterone level naturally and legally. So before you step up to the line one more time, be prepared to bring it with Gamma O, the all-natural testosterone booster. Gamma O is available nationwide at general nutrition centers or on the web at GammaO.com. If you train hard, you need to recover hard. Training elevates cortisol, but so does stress and tension. Stress is the number one health risk you face today. and not only causes you to put on abdominal fat, but it's also one of the contributing factors in the top six causes of death, which includes heart disease and cancer. But now you can relieve that stress, rebuild, recover, and feel great with fast-acting Gabitrol. Gabitrol works quickly to help you improve relaxation and recovery, reduce cortisol, elevating stress, and reduce binge eating. Plus, Gabitrol will also help you to get that deep, restful sleep. Warriors are built, not born. And now you can build a better body with fast-acting Gabitrol. Recommended by New York Times number one best-selling author, Dr. John Gray, Gabitrol is available now at rxstress.com. 
Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel full hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at highproteinbread.com. P28 is also now available at bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. Highproteinbread.com. P28 bread. RX muscle approved. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth. On bodybuilding, diet and exercise, up-to-the-minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscleplace. Visit RxMuscle.com. And welcome back to Quantum Physiques, where we strive to build strength and power for mind, body, and spirit. You know, last week's show, of course, one of the topics was love, but weaves into that was the idea of music. Of course, because the Grammys were last week and Adele had won all those awards singing about, you know, broken heart and love. And of course, Whitney Houston, uh, who had written a lot of love songs, had passed away and seemed like she had a tortured life. Uh, And so, of course, part of that synergy with love is the music of life because of course life is so beautiful because it's so brief just like music is the most beautiful of arts because of its brevity and because of its vibrational resonant frequency and how it aligns with your own vibrations in a sense uh you know music is a beautiful metaphor for how we all can create a beautiful life albeit short maybe it's only going to be 70 seconds off 70 years in the timelessness of infinity but creating beautiful music is is really a key to life and it all begins with creating a beautiful ensemble of instruments in your brain with your brain chemistry and so with that i have an amazing guest somebody i've been looking forward to getting on for a long time actually bear walker is a good friend of mine he also happens to be a native american steeped in the traditions of the people that first 
grew on this land and, and really have their roots deeper than any of us do, actually, steeped in the traditions of science also, having known about quantum physics, also having gone to, I believe, uh, a naturopathic medical school, also having worked at one point for NASA. This guy is a true renaissance man. He has ridden the roller coaster of life, and he's got a lot to share. So with that said, I want to welcome Bear Walker to the show. Bear, welcome to Quantum Physiques. Thank you so very much, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to work with you, Brian. I, I have always enjoyed our, our conversations and have tremendous respect for you. And if I can humbly serve in any way for the, the listeners and for yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have the, uh, the opportunity to do that, my friend. That's great. Now, Bear, you do work with quite a bit of athletes. I remember when I first met you a couple of years ago, actually, you had spoken that you know, you're definitely very, um, you know, in tune with, with what it requires to help athletes. Um, you know, I, well, I, we're all athletes in a sense, right? Life's an Olympic event and we're all athletes. But um, in particular, you know, Olympic level athletes or professional football players and stuff, you've definitely been around that crowd, right? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, I grew up in, in, in the native way and I grew up on, on reservation and was raised um, um, very much, uh, you know, on the land and in, in that way we hunted, fished or, or, you know, trapped or gathered all of our food and, and uh, I certainly grew up around uh, all the, the native teachings. I did my undergraduate in, in Toronto in naturopathic medicine and then went on to do uh, medical residency in Pittsburgh and on and on. But I've worked with 12 different uh, uh, pro NFL teams. I'm, I'm currently, you know, on the medical advisory board for New York Sports Labs where we work with uh, I think, well, any, you know, five different of the major league baseball teams um, and then some an NHL. Um, I have taken care of a lot of um, a lot of Olympic athletes, uh, mixed martial arts athletes, and and um, you know um, to me to name just just a few, a lot of a lot of different people. So I would say in the last ten years, uh, it's maybe a thousand athletes, you know, wow. uh, or another. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, just a, a quick uh, before we get into the actual topic of the night, obviously, you know, um, John from um, from the uh, grass fed beef company. I forgot the name of his uh, of his company. Um, that's uh, uh, U.S. Wellness Meats. John yes, Wood. exactly. Yeah. Dear, dear friend of mine. He's a farmer from Missouri who uh, became committed to wellness in food and he started his own uh, grass fed uh, completely grass-fed beef, not just finished grass-fed, and um, he now has done wonderful. He's got a phenomenal website, and, and a lot of our pro athletes uh, use some form of grass-fed beef as a part of their of their training conditioning program. So it's it's phenomenal meat, and, and uh, I'm I'm a huge advocate. I I like the idea of the paleo diet. A, a lot of top guys that I work with are are very um, you know very into the paleo diet, and so therefore the beef becomes a, a, a major component of that. Yes, it does, and and it's quality because again, people may balk at the price, but if you're eating grass-fed beef that's more nutrient-dense, that higher, higher in omega-3 fats, and you're not overcooking it, you're actually serving it maybe, uh, I'm not sure what the word is, where, I mean, I like to eat it almost sushi style, where it's almost, it's raw pretty much. You can get more bioavailable protein out of a smaller portion of meat, and it's probably going to be cheaper than buying that big pound steak in local A&P that's full of, of gypsum board and all kinds of crazy hormones. Yeah, well, right I mean, you do know that on a normal feedlot, concrete is not disallowed. You can feed a cow with concrete to put. I wasn't on kidding. It. Gypsum board. They feed oh, cow gypsum you, board. You got to look. I mean, I recommend to your listeners the movie um, Food Inc. 
or yes. Farmageddon, any of those movies that'll teach you. It's just unbelievable what can be done. But you know, it's interesting related to the price. And, and, and again, you, you know, we work with high-end athletes, and I work with a lot of, you know, very exclusive type people. But even my average... You know, my average family, working family, I have as patients as well. I mean, it's worth the extra few dollars. You're going to pay 10%, 20% more, but you get so much more out of it. You know, it's odd that people will think nothing about paying $300 for a suit to wrap their, you know, the ridiculous bodies in, but they won't even... <laughs> And you know, decent money to make uh, make the, you know make their make their body work properly. So it's a very it's a part of a, a very um, disassociated, uh, very strange upside down world that we live in, where your clothing and your cars and all like that are more important than you know what, about what you put in your food and what you about what you put in your body. It's, it's unbelievable, you know. Bit Barry, as you know, we live in a very sick world. People will go to doctors for lipo, lipo, implants, surgeries, when muscle is the fountain of youth. You can't get a more of a natural fountain of youth that's metabolically active, that keeps your skin young, that gives your butt and your boobs a lift than putting some muscle on. I mean, it's just insane. Muscle is the fountain of youth. It's right there inside your body. Absolutely. And by the way, related to that, you have a thing called Primal T that I have my patients on now. Speaking of prime, you know, Fountain of Youth, that's impressive. The people who are calling me after just two weeks of being on that, Brian, it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm that's good to hear. Yeah, Deaspartic acid, that's right. It's a great, it's great, great item, actually, definitely. I mean, for the listeners who have never met you, they should see you. You're in phenomenal shape. So you're a, you're a product of your products, and you're a man who practices what he preaches, which I think is incredibly important. Congruence. Thanks. Thanks, Bear. I really appreciate it. You know, Bear, the, 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 the quote for this year for me really has been no pain, no gain, because I really believe that evolution on both a special level and an individual level, unfortunately, really happens through pain and suffering. We don't really want to get off our asses when things are good and when we're full of pleasure. And if you look at, uh, you know, lions and stuff and the crazy things where lions are taking out a full-grown elephant, it's hunger. It's the pain of starvation that really is the whip driving evolution forward. And I think also for us, unfortunately, there's a Chinese proverb, if you want the easy life, take the hard way, meaning step into the suffering, step into the pain, and you'll have an easy life. And so with that bear, no pain, no gain. The problem is though, as you know, a lot of us get too caught up in the pain and we start releasing all kinds of crazy stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you had a great analogy of music and how you switch from your parasympathetic to your sympathetic nervous systems. It was a really beautiful, I guess, um, analogy, Bear, of an orchestra. And if you could just share that with the listeners, I'd really appreciate that. Absolutely, Brian. Happy to do it. Again, as I mentioned, I'm, even though I work with some of those modern techniques and I use computers that were based for my work we did in NASA, I mean, my basic root issues or where I come from, mostly it's from my primal roots, which would be native. And by us, the drum beat was absolutely sacred. The drum, which is um, considered by us the heart, but the drum beat actually re- can be used to re-regulate your neurological system. So I think most of the listeners will be easy to follow this, but I'll try to make it in, you know, in, in, in somewhat scientific terms. But I think it's important that the people you know, understand what we're talking about. So you have two different autonomic states. One would be sympathetic and one, the other would be parasympathetic. If you take the word sympathetic, take the S and think of it as a stressful, it's when your nervous system is running in, in high stress, 
And it has value to do that for short periods of time. If you have to get away from a, a wolf that's chasing you or if you've got a speeding car, whatever, I guess sympathetic nerve drive to be able to speed your body up has tremendous value. But then the body must switch back to parasympathetic because parasympathetic is where the body heals itself. I've told people before, my patients, have you never seen a mechanic trying to fix a running car or a moving car because it's almost impossible to fix a moving car. So what we've been given... And, and by our great creator is the ability for us to switch completely into parasympathetic sleep, et cetera, et cetera. So our body goes into a repair mode and a, a, a healing mode. So those two states, parasympathetic and sympathetic, are controlled by a number of different neurological um, impulses, but most particularly by the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus is integral because it relates all the information from all your five senses. So whatever you see, smell, hear, taste, or touch, the first part of your body that picks that up is the hypothalamus because it has to evaluate whether it's dangerous or whatever like that. And so the hypothalamus is integral to the regulation of your nervous system, I mean your endocrine system, because it carries all the information from your nervous system and tells your endocrine system what hormones, et cetera, et cetera, to do to make it work efficiently. So if we use the analogy of your body playing like an orchestra, we could say that the pituitary is the conductor of the orchestra, but if we take the analogy even a step further, Brian, we'd be saying that the hypothalamus writes the music or the hypothalamus. Oh, wow. Very cool. Sure. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking it's important for people to to, to understand in, in, in reasonably simple terms, you know, how the body works. As a doctor myself for, for 25 years, I always feel like it's most important that the patients understand what, um, you know, what we're talking about, not make it doctor talk. And, and realistically, um, I mean, doctors were first meant to be teachers. And in, in our native way and also in, 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 in China and the Western, I mean, see the Eastern mentality, it's important to educate or to teach your, your patients. So anyway... The hypothalamus is intricately involved to everything that's going on in your environment, and it's highly, highly, highly tuned, including to frequencies and things like that. You mentioned frequencies when you were coming into this section, Brian, and by the way, you might have to stop me because I can get going pretty fast, but, and, and, you know, you need to say something, just let me know, but music runs off certainly notes and sounds and, and words, love songs, et cetera, et cetera, but it's also based in frequencies, and those frequencies have a tremendous, tremendous effect on the hypothalamus. And I'll just use two more illustrations. If we take classical music or we take something as a piano or even a slowed slump drum beat, the resonant frequency of a slower song like that might be anywhere from 7 to 9 or 10 millihertz. You take something like heavy metal or something that's got crashing, static sounds with a lot of minor chords, now you're taking the resonant, the, the resonant frequency to 21, 24, as much as 26 millihertz. And the hypothalamus can only stand that for periods, short periods of time before it starts to do some, some sort of delirious effects on it. So that's why I think it was interesting you were talking about music and the value of music, but if you just change it into some quantitative uh, frequency, then you see how those frequencies really, really affect the body through the hypothalamus. Anyway. Wow, it's a great point. I mean, so the hypothalamus is the composer that's writing the music, really, of your life. And Absolutely. It's kind of funny because, of course, us being athletes, we, we all know about the HPTA or the hypothalamic pituitary, uh, either thyroidal uh, axis or the hypothalamic pituitary testicular axis for men, of course. So there, it really isn't an endocrine system. It's a neuroendocrine system, as you realize. And it's yeah. amazing from a quantum physics perspective how the data coming in to your neurological system is with the composer, the hypothalamus, actually 
programming your very hormonal system and the milieu of things that go on downstream from there. That's a beautiful analogy that kind of simplifies the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I mean, anything that's overly stimulating to the hypothalamus will have long-term effects. Now, one of the things, for instance, and, and I know you work extensively with children with ADD and ADHD, and, and, and again, we could, we could visit on that specific to the neurotransmitter GABA that you, you've learned about, but, but if you take a, 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 take a video game, whatever it might be, none of them are really much good, but you take the ones that are most destructive or, or the ones that operate the fastest. So you take in their visual field, their visual field is, met, is meant to be moved at a slow enough pace. Like uh, again, it goes to frequencies in millihertz. But basically, there's a there's a like a, almost like an up and down slow wave of your visual field. You take a, a video game and you constantly focus on that for an hour, hour and a half. Again, you're up to 27, 28 millihertz that that thing is 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 functioning at. And now you've caused the brain to be so. I mean, excuse me, the hypothalamus and, and the brain, but you've caused the hypothalamus to be so grossly overstimulated. It gets locked in this highly sympathetic nerve drive and doesn't switch to parasympathetic hardly at all. So those are those are some of the problems from a neurological standpoint specific to the relationship with the hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid, adrenals, et cetera, et cetera, that are very, very problematic. Now, we look at it in a different way. I mean, say doctors, most doctors will say, oh, you know, Johnny's hyperactive. You know, they don't ever talk about video games or, or music or, or anything. What he eats, they'll just say, here is a medication for him. And they never deal with anything that re-regulates the hypothalamus. You know, one of the best things for Johnny, if he's going to resonate at some point, I mean, if he was going to resonate that fast, frequency from these video games is take a walk in the forest. Go sit on a rock because everything just slows way down. It calms down. And therefore, the body re-regulates itself. I was a super, super hyperactive child. I was like the craziest kid you can't even imagine. Well, serious, right? But my grandfather, when he wanted to teach me something, like for instance, we'd do a medicine wheel. So he'd make me gather rocks. So he'd go up to the top of that hill, get a rock. Go to the top of that hill, go by that tree. By the time I got done running and just sat there with him, he could teach me all kind of things about the medicine wheel or whatever. So it, it's, 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 it's learning how to work with these hypersensitive nervous systems and not overstimulate that has tremendous potential instead of our approach of medication to these, these poor, you know, damaged children and to continue to have them, you know, further and further damage. Wow. Yeah, sure. And of course, then once your hypothalamus is overstimulated, its ability to stand to send those signaling hormones um, to the thyroid and, and the pituitary are obviously are going to be impaired. And of course, then you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff. Now, just you had two words there. I want to explain to our listeners what exactly is the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems, and what do they do? What what is the uh, I guess the sequence between where they switch on and off basically for us. Well, you switch on and off in a number of different places in your body. You actually have three minds, so to speak, in your body. You have the mind of your mind, you have a mind of your heart, and you have a GI mind or your gut. So those three minds are, and again, this is a gross oversimplification. If I have doctors, I can, you know, you know, speak a little further with catecholamines and certain neurotransmitters around the heart, et cetera, et cetera. But you have three basic systems that all have major uh, uh, input into how your body is constantly being regulated. So, so if your body is in a constantly being indicated that you're under stress or under stress, then the body switches to this highly sympathetic nerve drive and it doesn't relax. It doesn't turn back off to parasympathetic. You can also think of almost 
all your hormones and all your neurotransmitters come in two basic um, varieties. I'll just, again, oversimplification, but just for, for our conversation. You have exciters and inhibitors. You have exciter hormones and you have inhibitor hormones. You have exciter neurotransmitters and you have inhibitors. So the exciters are the go, and then the inhibitors are the whoa, like a whoa horse. So every time that the body pushes, works hard, goes strong, et cetera, et cetera, it goes into high sympathetic, then you have built into your system a way to switch it back to parasympathetic or peace, whoa, inhibitors. So some of the inhibitors that you might know, of course, would be GABA is a common one. Norepinephrine is one of the major neurotransmitters um, that helps you switch from sympathetic to parasympathetic. And then, you know, eating, eating food is supposed to be switched. Remember I said you have a mind of the gut? Well, the mind of the gut is through these catecholamines, these very sophisticated information circuitry of your digestive system. What about the but lizard mind? Don't, don't most people in this country, especially like from the Jersey Shore and Kim Kardashian, have the uh, reptilian mind? <laughs> more connected to their limbic reptilian mind, and that, that's another whole level of conversation. I'm, I know. I'm, about, I'm only kidding, buddy. I'm only kidding. Most, most people you're, you're in this right, country... Even, <laughs> that's the, the Guido mind, exactly. <laughs> They just take for granted that no matter what you eat, it's going to digest. But you're actually supposed to, first of all, chew a food 25 to 30 times, maybe more if it's a harder yeah. food. You're supposed That's to be right. in a sedate or calm, relaxed state when you eat. Why? Because that's how the body, in a parasympathetic, peaceful state, can absorb foods. You never eat and stress. You never eat and go. I see people eat in their cars. I see people eating, walking down the street. I mean, it's just unbelievable how the American way has, you know, become such a, um, it's you know, it's everything. fast food, you know, fast French, fast forward, you right. minute it. rice, Speed microwave, <laughs> Speed dialing. <laughs> yeah, people don't, people don't chew their food, but they just fold it once and swallow, you yeah. know, and then they chase like it down with a soda or coke. It's, just, yeah, it's that's, gobble that's gulp, just, gobble gulp, you know. <laughs> gobble gulp. That was good. Goodbye. I got something else to do. I can get back to my video game. And it's, see, we, we can, if we're ever going to make a real difference in the way that people uh, live their lives or their health overall, they've got to look at the whole picture. They've got to look at the whole global part of who they are, the whole organic system. And we were developed to operate in a certain way. And if you operate, if you do things outside of that, you're going to have problems and complications, be it constipation, be it acid reflux, be it a number of other functions, you're going to have something that's going to show up that's not working effectively based on you disrespecting the way your body was supposed to work. So, and, and your body needs, uh, again, back to the sympathetic parasympathetic, your body needs these long extended periods of parasympathetic or peaceful time where your body can heal itself, it can recreate cells, it can, you know, it just, it, you know, it's extremely important. We're actually designed on an eight-hour day. There was supposed to be eight hours for sleep, eight hours for activity, and eight hours for recreation. Recreation meaning not working, not sleeping, just, you know, quiet, peaceful activity. No, I definitely agree. You know, it's funny, Barry, you got me thinking, actually. Um, at the beginning of the show, I just talked about how, you know, this show helps to bring the concept of G-O-D to uh, agno agnostics, atheists, and aliens and stuff because there really is a revolutionary new field. You know this in the field of consciousness and, and all this stuff with Mandelbrot equation and fractal analysis and holographic universe. Our ideas of God are evolving so fast that people who are not really up to speed are, are totally in, in the stone age. 
But, you know, it's kind of funny because people always say, if you understand evolution, um, it's neither intelligent nor designed. And a good example is digestion. If you look at how animals digest in nature, like a hyena or a lion, actually, they are in survival mode. And their right. bodies are designed to eat as fast as they can just to survive to the next meal. And this is why animals in captivity live so much longer because they're able to relax and eat a meal and assimilate much more nutrients. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, but they also have different teeth and a shorter digestive system and, and the whole, you know, it's very, very interesting how different, you know, that, that, that those carnivals, you know, how those carnivals can do. No, so yeah. you're 100% right. But related to your experience of, of, of coming to an understanding or a higher level of, of consciousness, God connection, however you want to put that term, um, it, it also goes to the same process of flow, slowing things down. And regardless of, you know, you, you, name, you name the spiritual practice, you name, you name the religion or whatever, and I'll, t- I'll show you within their spiritual teachings, if you ever want to access let's say God or God consciousness, one of the first things you have to do is slow things down. In the Buddhist way, it's to slow down the mind. In the Hindu way, it's to slow down the mind. And in Christianity, it's prayers and meditation. Sit still, sit, be still and know that I am God. So every one of these has within that common denominator, which is so, you know, the American lifestyle is the emphasis of that quiet, slow, process in your life where you allow spirit to actually speak to you or you allow you to be able to go into that place of you know in, in, in quantum physics we look for what we call the, the gap the, the space between you know the space between the molecules the, the energy between you know the solid etc etc that's where you find your God connection and that is uh, virtually unheard of in the American or Western way of life well, the funny thing is, as you know, Bear, the irony of it all is, and this is what the show is really devoted to, is that we're all rushing forward trying to get to those moments when we can let go and actually slow down. Like, in other words, we're going to the gym, working out hard, and we're yep. drinking smoothies on the run because we're hoping one day we're going to have that trophy on that stage and it's <laughs> all going to be over. I'm going to be able and to slow down. Then. Talking the time with kids. Someday, someday I'll. Someday I'll be happy. Someday I'll be rich. Someday I'll be. And it's always someday. You're taught, I'll be happy when I finish high school. I'll be happy when I finish college. I'll be happy when, you know, everybody works the work week. I'll be happy when Friday gets here. TGIF. What a waste of a week. What a yes. waste of moments. What a waste of time. Yes, when you're not exactly. there moment by moment and they're and, and in that space completely connected. And it's this that is, is where you get true health. Not it's like so you true, said, man. and it's American thought. And, it's the here's the thing, and we can relate this now back to, to athletes and bodybuilding because, you know, I would say the insanity of humanity, like people, my listeners laugh at that, but what they don't get is that you're yeah, insane. You, the listener, actually, you have to uh, face up to your own, ins- your own wiring. A good example is, like Bear said, by slowing things down, by changing your lifestyle and shifting what you value – Here's what happens, actually. When you eat your meal, you have less cortisol being released. The GI tract has more blood around it to absorb the nutrients. You get more protein, nutrient intake. You achieve your goals with far greater ease. So you're going to get what you want anyway in the end. Only you get to get there being happy. This is the beautiful thing thing about it, actually. 
And, and by the way, listen, the pro athletes, the guys who are the best of the best, and I could tell you a guy that, that I work with, everybody was knowing his name, but I, I can't really use his name because he's not, you know, I'm not in an endorsement situation, but I know him as a good friend. I'm with? <laughs> He's a top hitter, one of the top hitters in the, okay. in the U.S. He's based for one of the top uh, baseball teams. And he has a technique, because, by the way, hitting a pitch at 100-plus miles an hour is virtually physically impossible. It breaks, all, it breaks all laws of physics. But what he does is he slows the experience down. He's become an expert at slowing when that pitcher snaps the ball. There's a certain breath, there's a certain technique that he does that he settles into that. He actually can see the pitch coming faster. There's another guy I work with who's a wide receiver, top guy played with the Jets this year. The same thing. When he sees the quarterback looking, he's sat and the ball snaps, he slows everything up because he says there's times that when the guy, the defender's going up to stop him or whatever, he's got to see every inch of his hand moving so he'll know exactly how he can put his hand in front of his hand. So these guys who are skilled athletes or skilled warriors, we could say, are experts in the technique of slowing things down. And it's, it's fascinating because it's, 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 it's sort of a lost art. It's, I'm, and I know, Brian, you have skills and, and you've studied in the martial arts. The same thing in the martial arts. Those guys who are black belts or you know, karate or whatever, they learn to be actually see, they see the punch before it comes. They see the kick before it comes. And that comes from being in that space of incredible awareness that is in between the thoughts. Again, Bear, this goes back to Neo in the Matrix where he's dodging bullets, uh, <laughs> crushing tiger, hidden dragon. You know, even, I even had one of my Kung Fu teachers on here because he Clearly. was taught by, by these masters that could actually feel someone's chi. And so they, they could feel the energy build and they, they could actually read the person's move. And it seemed as though they were going in the future, which they kind of were actually. So, the, and believe it or not, there are studies showing people have the ability to do what's called precog, precognition. So when you realize time doesn't exist and you know, Bear, as an athlete, when you can slow down and transcend the matrix, you can actually perceive things at different time scales to which people in this world will think what you're doing is nothing short of miraculous. <laughs> well, that is, that is, I have two quick stories about that, uh, and, and, and one of them has to do with, well, by the way, the native ways, one of the stories I was going to tell, the native way, uh, because of the respect we have, for instance, for a deer, my uncles would tell me that before they would kill the deer, the deer would look into their eye, they would look into the deer's eye, and they would ask permission to take the deer's life. And there was that, there was that moment, that second of an agreement where they would commit to each other. And it's very fascinating to hear that story. But one of the things that takes you out of that moment is fear. Fear makes everything race faster. And the dominant emotion in the U.S. is fear. Now, I'm going to give you an example of one of the most interesting things. Brian, you have a product. It's got Gabin. I think, what do you call it? Gabitrol? Gabitrol, that's right. All right, all right. So we have a little girl. is a patient. She is eight years old. Since the age of five, every day, every day without a fail, she has thought of tornadoes. Now, once a day, as many as 20 or 30 times a day. She fears tornadoes like nothing you have ever seen. And I've tried different remedies, box flowers, et cetera, et cetera. In two days of taking the Gabitrol, this little girl comes running out to her grandmother. Grandmother picks her up from school. She says, Grandma, I didn't think about a tornado all day. That's awesome. That's great to hear. True story. 
her grandma would love to give you a big hug. But it's interesting because what the GABA does, that's one of those inhibitor neurotransmitters, gives her a little bit of a whoa, that's all she needed to come out of that sympathetic, locked-in fear place where that her mind, she would even try not to think of tornadoes. She'd try everything to try not to think about tornadoes. But she would because of the fear mechanism. And that wow. give her the ability to slow things down and to be able to rationalize that there's not going to be a tornado. Is that wild? Isn't that amazing? Bro? That is. That is. You know, Bear, for people that don't want to take a supplement like Gabachol, for example, um, you know, are there any foods? I mean, from what I understand, the blood-brain barrier stops... Um, you know, amino acids because of competitive inhibition, actually, it's a rate limiting membrane allowing the brain to rebuild GABA fast enough when you're stressed. If you're not stressed out, then the ratio coming in from the diet is okay. But when you get stressed, you start burning up in a sense, serotonin or GABA too fast and your brain can't rebuild it. So is there any way people can do it? I mean, I don't really know to tell you the truth. That's why I'm thinking. Do you have any suggestions at all about certain food types that might help? Not only, um, you know, the type of food. For instance, GABA is a pretty much a free-form amino. You're going to get it in, I mean, you would have to some degree in eggs, et cetera, et cetera, but in such small amounts and also ineffective. The other problem we have with foods across the board is that the soil that the foods grow or the soil where the animals eat the food that grows has become so depleted and so deficient that it makes it virtually impossible for, for, for there to be enough of the nutrients. I, I'll give you an example. I'm a major proponent of a particular product. You can get it from Cell Wellness. It's called Trace Minerals. It's got 72 trace minerals in it. And the reason I use it is because they're virtually non-existent in our, our, our fruits and vegetables and everything like that. So uh, to answer you, yes, to your gab, it's the same problem. It's just not in the foods like it used to. There was a, an interesting study where they took high-quality vegetables grown organically that were bought, and I won't say the market's name because it's a good market, yeah, but they did an assay on these foods that they got from this particular market of the 72 trace minerals that only had between most of the fruits ran as little as 12 to 14. The high side was only 18 or one, they said, had 19 of the, the essential, all the essential trace minerals that are supposed to be in it. So it's uh, just not in the soil. Therefore, things like GABA and stuff that would normally be naturally occurring, for instance, in chicken or whatever, is not there because the chickens are not getting enough of what they want. So in addition to the, the, the product like the GABA product, which, by the way, I don't know anybody, I don't know any good reason not to take supplements because a supplement you take just because it's not in the foods, but we also, this little girl is on those 72 trace minerals because those actually help the bioavailability of whatever it is that you're taking. So I'm a big um, fan of trace minerals, actually, without a doubt. I do think oh, yeah, that, for uh, sure. You know, Bear, one thing you and I both know is that the topsoil, like you said, because of overfarming and the lack of, of farming science or rotating crops and all that kind of stuff, there is, like you said, there's been serious depletion of, of micronutrient status in soil. And then, of course, you add to that the fact that when you spray crops, you get sometimes competitive, competitive inhibition with things like magnesium. Like you get metals in the soil, good metals like calcium and magnesium that actually right. can be bound up and restricted from entering the plants. Um, yeah. And I'm an epidemiologist. I I can tell you guys, I've been in the peer review literature. I've seen across the board, Americans are subclinically malnourished. There is no doubt in anybody's mind that Americans are not getting even the adequate nutrition just to cover them from getting scurvy. 
Yeah. Let alone no, to optimize I agree 100%. My clinical practice over the last 20 years, and especially in the last uh, six to eight years, I have seen a, 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 a tremendous increase based on the gross depletion of foods. Um, by the way, that trace mineral, if, a com- if you want to get it, I, I, it's a company I know and like very well. I'm just going to give it out for free. It's called U.S. Cell Wellness. Uh, you can get a hold of it, you know. And that's um, C-E-L-L, U.S., and then C- like US cell, C-E-L-L? Wellness. Okay. It's a company that develops products for working with the, from the cell out. Basically, that the most important single unit of health is your cells. So the healthier your cells are, the better your overall body works. Um, U.S. Cell Wellness, it's, it's, a, it's a really a wonderful company that I've done some work with. And I have always found their products to be phenomenal. So, I mean, sure. it, it's, it's not even, I mean, if I could be so bold as to say, and, and I know this is my first time on, I'd love to come back again. It's not even to say, is there a question, do you need supplements? I can tell you without fear of any, uh, you know, anybody disagreeing, you do need supplements. Even if you're eating an organic lifestyle, there are some things you still are going to need. But you need high, high quality supplementation. You need supplement, supplementation that's built in, in true research. And, and that works, you know, at, at the highest science level. So, oh, I definitely just, agree. I definitely yeah, agree. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you and I are on the same page with that because, um, um, you know, I'm also extremely act, I'm in, uh, big on being proactive with your health because if you're not taking care of yourself, I can tell you most of the doctors are not looking out for what's going on for you. You have got to be proactive. You've got to be yourself in charge of your own health because I rarely find that the doctors either do a broad, base, broad enough base of clinical diagnostics, they do the most basic of blood work, the most basics of study, and they really don't have the expertise or the time to help you be at the highest potential you can be. And I, I'm all about the highest level of health potential, not just, you know, not surviving, but I mean thriving. We are built to live 120 years. We are built to go, you know, 80 miles an hour, and, and we've been told we're, I don't, I don't mean you know, I don't know all the time, but I mean we're built to really be able to perform at a very, very high level. And I think most Americans have been sold an ongoing story of our weakness and our lack of power. And I'm so opposed to that basic concept. Dude, I, lo- I love that analogy because you know what? I mean, the bottom line is we're down here to have fun and, and life is great. It really is. And here's the thing. Most bodybuilders want to be like Ferraris on the outside with a Volkswagen engine on the inside. They want to look great and be all polished and tan on the outside, but have nothing yeah. of substance on the inside. They got a small motor and they're running on cheap gas, which might be the uh, the mind-body connection, whatever you want to call it. The average person is more like, you know, a Volkswagen with like, a, you know, a, a lawnmower engine in a sense, right? But, you know, this show is really dedicated to having all of us be like a Lamborghini with a Lamborghini, you know, V16 on the inside running on like jet fuel, man, because you know what? Trust me, you're going to have a lot more fun out in the soft flats of Utah with one of those <laughs> buddies than some freaking Volkswagen with a, with a lawnmower engine. So if you want to use the analogy, that's really what we're down here for, man. It's just to have a wild ride and enjoy it, really pushing every single dimension of your being, not just your body in the gym, but your mind and your spirit and, and taking chances at the job and trying to get promoted and make more money and spending that money going scuba diving, you know, on the coral reef under a full moon and looking at the coral seas and the sharks feeding at night. I mean, these are experiences that just connect you with the divine in a way that you can't even put in words. Absolutely true, man. I'm excited. That's wonderful. A hundred percent agree. 
So, Bear, you know, one thing I did with you a long time ago when I first mentioned that I thought was really cool was uh, one of those machines where you test people. And, you know, I had a suspicion that a lot of people have a chocolate allergy. Now, I, I love, happen to love chocolate. And you diagnosed me with a chocolate allergy. And, you know, since then, I've noticed that whenever I eat a lot of chocolate, I get an outbreak of like, um, what would you call that? Like when you get that red flaky stuff on your skin, psoriasis, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it seems like a lot of us have, I think, not just the common ones like corn, wheat, soy, dairy, um, you know, whatever else, maybe peanut butter or whatever. But, you know, these other ones like like peanut, like uh, chocolate, anything else you think that are common things that people may want to rotate out of their diet? Right. Well, yeah, the computer that I did the test with with Brian is one of the things I use on a, on a pretty much a daily basis with my, um, my patients. And I do a tremendous amount of broader based diagnosis, not only to find, you know, foods that are, for instance, not, not good for a person, but also to find their, their power foods. Um, so, but I also can test, I can give a person their, for instance, their ATP level or their adrenal level or whatever like that. So I, I've done extensive, you know, research and I continue to use that clinically. I mean, if anybody would be interested, I'd be happy to do a test. I, all I need is actually a saliva swab, a swab to do a DNA test, but I can, I can give you my um, my Connecticut office, and if you'd like, you can you know you could reach me there. That number is eight six zero three eight four fifteen twenty seven. And if anybody wants to look at some of the things I've done in clinical research or with some of the other companies and stuff, that's at Peak Performance Research and Development Institute, PPRDI.com. And there's so a PPRDI. You say PPRDI.com. Okay. PRDI is the one, one of the places where I do a lot of work with pro athletes or studies or things like that. Hydration, uh, ATP study is an ongoing study. So that company, P, uh, Peak Performance Research and Development Institute, is one of the places you can get a hold of me. We're actually doing a, a program or study with the 9-11 guys um, to help do you know some things to kind of clear out the toxins and things that are in their body. So um, I'm always happy to hear ideas or input or contacts or whatever and um, you know um, I always love to hear what you know what people think and, and um, you know how I can um, do better and, and uh, you know and then there's a number of patients who um, either you know they've got uh, you know illnesses themselves so they know people that need help or whatever and I'm always always happy to do that as well. That's great, Bear. You know, that's great that you're actually stepping up there and helping those 9-11 uh, volunteers because from what I understand, the government really dropped the ball on uh, on giving them support, those men and women that went down there and really sacrificed, risked their lives to help, you know, clear up that mess and, and try to rescue whatever people could be rescued. And from what I understand, they're going through some really serious health consequences because of that, right? That's true. And even, even related to what should have been a, a, a severe, severe warning and then should have been um, additional, you know, a, a, a tremendous amount of additional uh, protection was waived because they said, no, that the cloud you're breathing in is not dangerous or deadly. It's, it's okay. They didn't give them the right protection. Many of those guys were stuck in that area for 90 days, some as many as much as six months. Um, their cancer rate, their overall, you know, illness rate is, is horrendous, you know, and, and the basic model that, the hospitals, and I won't mention the hospitals because I'm sort of working with them too, but their basic idea is just to, you know, monitor and medicate. In other words, they'll continue to check you and they'll continue to give you drugs or, or they'll do a surgery if you need it, but they're not doing anything. It's trying to turn the problem around. And we're looking at ways that we can use some very 
straightforward, simple uh, answers to detox them, including humic acid and some other products that we have from these companies that are funding these studies to, to look at ways to feel better. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I'm, I'm excited, and, and I thought, uh, you know, there's nobody who deserves it more. These guys are true heroes. And, oh, yeah, and yeah, no, definitely. You know, Bear, I do, we have to wrap up pretty soon, but I just want to get back to that original question I asked you about a few minutes ago. You know, in your clinical experience, are there any foods that just raise a flag that you want to maybe share with the audience? Hey, listen, you may want to check this out and start rotating off it for four to six weeks and see what happens. Um, you know, besides like, for, I mean, I guess chocolate, for example. I think a lot of people, if they eat a lot of chocolate, they may want to try giving that one up and see what happens if they have any health conditions. Chocolate has a, has a full spectrum, everything from garbage, terrible chocolate to from like Hershey's or, or something like that, you know, that's terrible, all the way to some of the high, high quality dark chocolates that come from Europe or, or from South America that actually have some potential healing. So I would also say, even within the concept of chocolate, you want to make sure that it, it's the higher the quality, you know, the, the better overall. I can tell you what I would suggest rather than we look at foods per se that way is look at every label. If there happens to be a word there you can't pronounce based on the length of it or the chemical structure of it, don't eat the food. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, our audience is more sophisticated. Our audience is pretty hardcore. These guys are doing paleo and, uh, and you know, all kinds of stuff already. I'm just wondering if you had seen any foods that kind of surprised you. Like, wow, who would have thought that, like, um, I don't know, maybe like uh, – some kind of fish or, or some kind of like vegetable or whatever seem to get more responses from people than, than you, or maybe some kind of a, of, of a grain or something. Even I mean, what do you think about grains just in general, actually? Grains overall, wheat and stuff like that is, 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 is severely offensive. Um, but no, I would say uh, based on that, what I find, Brian, is that everybody's so individual. I have people yeah. who are really sort of biochemically, bio, you know, their metabolism is sort of set up to be vegetarian. I have people who do better to a paleo diet. I have people who can tolerate potatoes. I have people who potatoes are worse than me. So in, in you know, reference to that, what I do is a lot of testing. I mean, I have some rules of thumb overall, but when I do a test, I can tell, no, this, this person is is really designed the this this way. These are their power foods. These are the foods that don't serve them, you know. And then within that, yeah, I mean, everybody knows not to eat. Like you said, you have a sophisticated. Oh, don't eat the carbs. Don't eat you know, high amounts of you know wheat. Don't drink much milk. All these things. I think your 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 client base knows. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Listen, hey, Bear, we got to go. We're just about out of time, but by all means, we're going to get you back on very soon. And once hey, again, if anybody honored. wants to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Donna was mine, buddy. If anybody wants to get in touch with Bear and learn more about his uh, athletic, uh, you know, peak performance, it's PPRDI.com. Once again, that's PPRDI.com to reach Bear Walker and learn more about his experiences. And we're going to get him on very soon again, guys, because we got a part two of this coming up all, by all means. Once again, thanks for tuning in. This is your host, Brian Cunningham, here on Quantum Physiques on RxMuscle.com. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the Holy Grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every Wednesday evening only on rxmuscle.com.